What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. It's finally here, folks. March Madness is in the air. And you know what that means. Blake Lovell will be joining me momentarily to talk all things college basketball. If you don't know Blake Lovell, this guy is a living SEC basketball media legend. This guy is a regular on the show, a good friend of mine. We talk all things SEC basketball, including an excellent preview of all the SEC teams in the NCAA tournament. I'm also your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore 8. Like, follow the Facebook pages and Instagram page at the Mitch Davis Show, and then on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore 8. The website, themitchdavisshow.com. We're going to have articles throughout the NCAA tournament. We're going to have post-game coverage, pre-game coverage, everything at the Mitch Davis Show. I am so excited, folks. We've gone 100, 711 days without an NCAA tournament, and it is finally here Man, if that doesn't get you excited, this interview with Blake Lovell will. At this time, I would like to welcome Blake Lovell to the Mitch Davis Show as we talk about all things college basketball with an emphasis on the SEC. I am joined now by Blake Lovell, a good friend of mine, good friend of the Mitch Davis Show, and a regular now on the podcast. And every time I talk to Blake, that means there's basketball in the air. Blake, how are you doing? And uh, welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. Oh man, let's uh, let's just jump right into this because uh, we're going to start off with what you're doing now because I think you're involved with a new podcast and a new website. Talk about that new website for a lot of the Southeastern Conference fans. Yeah, southeastern14.com, uh, the number's spelled out. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's, um, it's a lot of fun, you know, covering all the big three SEC sports. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things, I think, where there's so much to cover with, with basketball and baseball and football. And, yeah, it's fun to be, be doing all three now. Obviously, we're focused on uh, basketball right now. But uh, baseball, certainly conference play gets started this weekend, SEC baseball. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty going on over there at uh, southeastern14.com. Now, there's a lot of guys. I think there's two or three of you guys that are doing it. Some big-name uh, guys that have put it together. Who's helping you out with that website right now? Yeah, Chris Lee, who's covered uh, Vandy and SEC Sports for forever at this point. Uh, Chris, yeah, he's just kind of ran the show there. And then we've got Barry Allen, who's a former SID there at the Alabama. He's probably the most knowledgeable SEC baseball person you will find. So, uh, yeah, we, we've got a great team. And like you said, we're only going to build from there as we uh, start to, to tackle the, the football world, which, as we know, uh, is a very big one uh, in the SEC. Now, jumping over to all the stuff on the hardwood, because I know you and I are basketball junkies. What did you think out of the SEC tournament? Obviously, Alabama's your SEC tournament champion. What were your takeaways from that uh, tournament run for Alabama. What are your takeaways overall as a conference? Yeah, I mean, I thought that, you know, the SEC tournament was as good as we've seen in a while. I think just in terms of the matchups uh, overall, I mean, we just got a lot of good games, and I don't think you could have asked for, you know, anything less in terms of getting the, the top four seeds in that point. They just had, again, so many good games. I mean, you had Alabama win the, the double title, the regular season, the tournament title, and then you know, LSU, I thought, certainly stood out as they were basically a tip in away from winning the SEC tournament. And, um, that was the LSU that I think we all know. They, they played to that caliber. 
uh, they can be a team that makes it around the NCAA tournament. Uh, then, of course, Arkansas, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be right there. I think even with them losing that game to LSU, I think Arkansas is going to have a chance to make a run in the tournament as well. And then Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee's starting to play like the Tennessee we expected them to be this season. Uh, so that gives them a little confidence, too, heading into this thing. Let's talk about the Florida Gators before we get into those favorites uh, out of the SEC. What do you expect out of Florida? This is a team that I don't think any of us can truly figure out what's going on with the Gators and Mike White. What do you expect out of Florida and their uh, and, and their in play tournament? Yeah, that's the big question because I think this uh, Florida Virginia Tech to me is one of the most unpredictable uh, first round games because I don't really know what you're getting out of either team. We know Trey Mann's good enough to kind of put Florida on his back and, and carry them to, to wins like this, but. You know, Florida's not a team, and certainly the whole Keontae Johnson situation played into it because he was going to be, you know, what everything ran through for them. He was going to be the guy that they went to in, in all these different situations. And, you know, having that duo of Van and Keontae Johnson would have really made you look at Florida probably much differently. But because it's sort of Van, and yes, you have guys like Tyree Appleby and, you know, Colin Castleton and guys like that who have stepped up, but. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it's still you're not really sure exactly what you're going to get from this Florida team on a night in night out basis. So for me, that makes this one hard to predict um, because I don't think Florida's the kind of team that's just going to be able to blow someone out um, in, a, in a high scoring you know type game. I don't know if they're to that point. I think their defense is pretty good. I don't know if it's to the elite level of being able to you know put, just again blow a team out to 25 points or anything. I think that. Because they struggle a little bit offensively outside of man at times, um, you know, and their numbers are still good. But I just think they're one that you watch, and sometimes the numbers don't match up because you're like, you feel like this team should be a little bit uh, better than they are, and they're not as consistent at times. And we've seen them, I and mean, they've lost three or four entering the tournament here. Of course, two of those were Tennessee, but, you know, they beat Vanderbilt by six, uh, they beat Kentucky by four, they beat Georgia by seven. So those are games that were all close. And so I wonder about Florida. I don't know that they kind of have that same upside in terms of making a deep run, uh, but uh, you never know. If they play well, they certainly could. Now, talking, let's go over to the Rocky Top. Tennessee, Rick Barnes, another team that looks good some games and loses to Ole Miss and loses to uh, Kentucky and other games that they should have won that they lost. Talk about this Tennessee team. I and mean, What do you expect out of them? Uh, looking at it, that second-round matchup is looming Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham. Can they get by uh, the Cowboys from Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think you look at Tennessee and, you know, the first-round matchup against Oregon State, I, I'm curious, because Oregon State's a team that wouldn't have been near the NCAA tournament if they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament. Um, you know, they're a team that numbers-wise, I think they finished like 91st in the net. Ken Palm had like 85 or somewhere in there. Um, but they just got hot at the right time, and that's all that matters. I wonder, are we going to see Oregon State go back to being that team that kind of they were throughout the season, or are they one that just wound up beating three NCAA tournament teams in UCLA, Oregon, and Colorado? If they are that one, I think they could beat Tennessee and kind of end Tennessee's path early because, you know, the Vols, as we know, they're really good defensively, but you just don't know what you're getting for them on offense. And I still haven't really changed my mind on that. Now, certainly they play better offensively in the SEC tournament. I would love to see them carry that over into the NCAA tournament, but you just don't know if you're going to see that or not. Um, and then John Fulkerson's status, what does that look like? Oregon State's a pretty big team. You would probably love to have a, a big body like John Fulkerson in there defensively. So that, that first game's a little tricky. I can't say that I have a lot of confidence in them being able to 
get past Oklahoma State in the second round. I just think Oklahoma State will kind of uh, be a team that I don't I don't think Tennessee can match up well against. I just I don't. I mean, Kate Cunningham, you know, they have their offense isn't always smooth either, but I just feel like they have that guy that can just completely take over. Whereas you know, Tennessee has Keon Johnson, Jake Springer. Those guys are really good, but. What if one of those guys isn't playing well on offense? Then I think Tennessee starts running out of options offensively because you just haven't seen it consistently enough from the other guys. Maybe Victor Bailey can step up, have one of those games. But yeah, I don't necessarily love the path here for Tennessee. Making our way up, making our way up to Columbia, Missouri, Missouri Tigers. Uh, they got a tough matchup. Oklahoma. What do you expect out of Missouri this NCAA tournament? Yeah, Missouri got the worst draw of anybody. I think when you look at it overall, um, just talking about the path, um, it's not. It's never great starting with a Lon Kruger coach team for starters. Um, I know that Davion Harmon, who's Oklahoma's second lead, scores out for this game, and that changes things. But I think Missouri can actually win this game uh, because this feels like a, a toss-up. Even with Harmon out, I think it's it's still probably a close game. But I, I think Missouri's probably the better team overall in that scenario. But then. You know the problem is you run into Gonzaga, and I just don't, I just don't know that Missouri is going to have the firepower to be able to keep up with the Zags. Um, so for me, honestly, I thought Missouri should have been seated higher than a nine. I was more surprised by that one. I didn't think that they should have been seated lower than you know Florida or LSU. To be honest with you, I thought they could have been maybe the seven in that group, but even flip, you know, Missouri and Florida as the seven and the nine. Uh, but it is what it is at this point, and, and I just don't think the committee did Missouri any favors whatsoever, and as I said, the problem for them is they're not a great three-point shooting team, they're not a great free-throw shooting team, and I just don't know how you're going to keep up with a team like the Zags, even if you advance past Oklahoma. Now to the top three of the SEC, LSU, Alabama, Arkansas. LSU, what do you expect to see out of them? Uh, I know the 8-9 matchup is actually a pretty favorable matchup. I like LSU's draw personally. What do you uh, What do you think out of LSU's matchups, especially the 8-9 matchup with St. Bonaventure? And in that second round game with possibly Michigan, who's missing one of their star uh, star guards. Yeah, I think for LSU, it's just a matter of which team shows up. To be honest, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Is if the LSU that showed up in the SEC tournament shows up in the NCAA tournament, I do think LSU can win a couple games and beat Michigan. I think I, w- I would prefer you know to see LSU play like that before I start making those predictions. And that's the problem is you just don't know. We know that LSU's one of the best offensive teams in the country. There's zero doubt about that. Um, they have some of the most, you know, offensive-minded guys you will find in the tournament in terms of those big four that they're working with, with Cam Thomas, Trenton Wofford, Spontae Smart, Darius Days. Um, and then you look at St. Bonaventure. I think that's going to be one of the best first-round games, honestly. Because St. Bonaventure's another team, like, they play their starting five, 33-plus minutes a game. Um, so you're going to have, like, basically the, the bulk of the rotation, um, you know, pretty short for both of these teams. Um, and so I think that's going to be kind of a fun matchup there. But if LSU advances past that, I think at that point that would probably tell us that the good LSU showed up and the team that probably is going to be able to play defense a little bit better at times is there. And I think you, they would be able to match up pretty well with Michigan without Isaiah Livers. So um, I think that's the key for LSU and the, the game against St. Bonaventure. They did keep Bonnie off the offensive glass. If they do that, I think they'll win. Um, and look, I mean, beyond that, if you knock off the number one seed, hey, your path opens up quite a bit. So potential games against Florida State or I mean, even potentially a matchup against Alabama again in the Elite Eight. Before we talk about Alabama and Arkansas, I, do, I want to ask you, though, about that rivalry and whatever happened at midcourt 
between Alabama and LSU. We're talking about the rematch possibly happening in that Elite Eight game. What happened at midcourt before the game? I know Craig Sankey got involved. Are you in any insight of what could have transpired uh, there before the game? I think it was just the usual emotion, yeah. emotional thing that you see sometimes with these kind of games and with these two teams. I mean, you know, I you know, I mean, it is what it is. I think these two teams are again they they play sort of they're two of the best teams in the, in the league, and I think when they get together, you know, Trenton Walker, he's an Alabama kid. Um, that kind of stuff. I think you just get some drawing back and forth. I don't. I don't think it was anything more than that, other than uh, motions running high, and it seemed to be more uh, catered towards the coaches than it was actually the players. So. Looking at Arkansas and Alabama, uh, Alabama obviously the two seed out of the East bracket, with their one seed being Michigan. Arkansas, the three seed out of the South region, with their one seed being Baylor. Out of those two teams, who are you most excited about? And can we possibly see both teams making the NCAA Final Four? You know, I think it's possible. Um, I I still have Alabama in my Final Four, but I tell you, the more I look at it, that that's going to be a tough second round matchup if Alabama has to play UConn. I just think UConn's a pretty good team, you know, as a seventh seed, and that's a that's a tough draw. I think as a seven in that spot. Um, so that one maybe worries me a little bit for Alabama. I can't say that I hate the matchup, though, for Alabama if they were to get, you know, a Texas or someone like that. And I get it. I mean, Texas is much better this season. But for some reason, I, I still just think Alabama can match a lot of the things that Texas can do. Um, so I would actually like that. But I, I almost dislike the second-round matchup against UConn a little more uh, if, I, if I'm an Alabama fan. Meanwhile, for Arkansas, I mean, I look at Arkansas as – one of those teams that maybe that loss actually did them some good, um, and maybe the fact that everybody is talking up Colgate about maybe making the upset here. I just don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just think Arkansas is a team that we have. Colgate has not played a team that looks like Arkansas this season. Um, we have to remember Colgate's only played 15 games. They didn't start their season in January. Of those 15 games. They've only played, I think, five or six different teams. In the regular season, they played Army four times, Boston University four times, Holy Cross four times. That was their entire regular season, three opponents. Um, and then, you know, they played Boston again, the Patriot League, for a fifth time. And they played Bucknell and Loyola. So they have played five different opponents this season. Um, so that is a little, I think, when people look at the numbers, I don't know that a lot of people realize that uh, in terms of their actual body of work. Uh, and I'm not saying they're a bad team because they shoot it as well as anyone. They take care of the ball. Those are the things that Arkansas, I think if you let a team like Colgate hang around, it could get very interesting. But if they don't, if they come out early, I just think Arkansas has too much size, too much athleticism, uh, and they should be able to take care of it. So I, really, I, like the, I like Arkansas's draw beyond that. Um, I think that they have a really good shot uh, to potentially get to the Elite Eight. Maybe you run into Baylor. Maybe you run into someone like Purdue. Uh, but I, I do think Arkansas has a legitimate shot to make a run. Two more questions I have for you. Out of the one seeds, Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, Illinois, out of those one seeds, who do you have winning the national championship or even advancing to the final four? Yeah, I've got the Zags and I've got Illinois in there. You know, originally I had Baylor and maybe I still put them in there, but I, I Baylor's the one I'm worried about. And I don't I never thought I would be in that scenario, but I am a little concerned maybe about Baylor getting to that point. Like I said, I think they have some potential teams like Purdue. Now, I don't think a matchup against North Carolina would be particularly easy in the second round either. Uh, then we talked about Arkansas, maybe Ohio State if they play well, though I think Ohio State 
think they were Baltimore early. That Oral Roberts team is really good. They're shooting really well. That's something to keep an eye on. Um, but I, I guess I'll keep Baylor in there. Um, and then out of the East, I said I'm going to go with Alabama. Um, if I don't, if I didn't pick Alabama, I would probably pick a team like Florida State. Usually to make it there. Uh, so I would probably pick the Zags to win home right now against Illinois in the championship game, but it's going to be hard for any team, you know, to run the table and win it all. Um, I'd say probably that the biggest, I guess, upsets I have right now are the biggest um, statistical seeding-wise teams going the furthest. I've got San Diego State um, in the Elite Eight, on Illinois in the Midwest, and I think I'm going to go with Oregon in the uh, West to take on the Zags in the Elite Eight there. So there's a couple and overseas could potentially make a run. I like that Oregon pick. Now, last question I have for you, looking at these matchups tomorrow, the NCAA tournament starts tonight with some of those first four, but looking at those first-round matchups on Friday and Saturday, who do you see getting upset, maybe two or three of those upset picks that, you, uh, that you're that kind of liking right now? Yeah, I know everyone's all over the winter doing over one. You know, usually that's the time to go in the opposite direction, but Winter's they're really good. Um, and again, without Colorado Gillespie for Villanova, Villanova still played okay without him, but I just think Winthrop is, is so good, and I would probably have a hard time staying away from that one. Um, so that's one, the usual 5-12. The other 5-12 I would probably look at would be Creighton, UC Santa Barbara. Uh, you know, the Gauchos are really good too, and uh, Creighton has, you know, played well for the most part. They're, they're going to be a team that I think if they get going early, it'll be hard for Santa Barbara to, to kind of slow them down, but if not, um, I can see the Gauchos advancing. And really beyond that, I tell you, Mitch, there, I can't figure out which one it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be Arkansas Colgate. But I can't say I'd be shocked if we see one of these 314 upsets. Um, maybe it's Moorhead State over West Virginia. Maybe it's Eastern Washington over Kansas. Games like that, I'm really looking at those kind of seed lines. Maybe more so than some of the other traditional ones, like we said, with a 413 or uh, ones like that. I, I think, I don't know, for some reason, I just feel like one of these three seeds could get upset here. Uh, and I, I know Arkansas fans are hoping that's not them. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, but I don't know. I just I sort of get a sense that one of those 14 seeds uh, could make things a little bit interesting uh, on those number three seeds. One more thing, because you mentioned the 14 seeds. What about Abilene Christian in Texas? What do you yeah. are, are you looking at that matchup at all? Because not a lot of people are talking about that. Abilene Christian, 23-4. and four, They look pretty good. I like watching them play. And then what about Iona in Alabama? Could we see a shocker there with Rick Pitino's uh, Gales pulling off the upset of Alabama? I, I keep saying this with, with Alabama and Iona. If Rick Pitino's not the coach of Iona, I don't think we're really talking about that game at all because I just think Alabama matches up way more better with, with Iona. I mean, I, just, I think that was, a, you know, for Alabama, I felt like it was a good spot to be in uh, to get them because this is an Iona team that turns the ball over a ton. And 310 in the country in turnovers per game. That's not going to get it done against Alabama. You can't give them extra opportunities on offense. Um, so I think Alabama, with their defense, I just think that they are going to be in a position where they can really dominate this game. Uh, this is an Iona team, as we know, that had a really long break during the season. They didn't play a lot of games either. They haven't played anyone like Alabama. Um, so I think Alabama's going to be fine there. Uh, again, Luke Patino, you never want to count that guy out. He's still one of the best coaches in the country. But I think Alabama's going to be fine. Then you mentioned um, the other game there in terms of uh, who was it that you asked about? Texas Abilene Christian. That's right. Texas Abilene Christian. Um, you know, I think it's interesting because Abilene Christian, I think they're the best in the country at forcing turnovers. 
But again, I think it's sort of keeping keeping perspective with opponents too. Um, and you know, Texas has struggled a little bit taking care of the ball this season, so that's something to worry you a little bit with Abilene Christian there. They're also Abilene Christian, one of the top three point shooting teams in the field. So a team that can force turnovers, they can shoot the three. That could worry you a little bit. Um, they play up and down, you know, whereas both these teams are probably going to try to get up and down the floor a bit. I don't know when you look at it from a, a size standpoint. I think Abilene Christian actually may be one of the smallest teams in the field, um, whereas Texas, we know, they've got that length. They've got the athleticism. I, I do think that one's going to be interesting if Texas comes out early and maybe lets Abilene Christian get hot from three. I could see that as an upset, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's still hard for me to pick against Texas, given kind of the run they've had here as of late. He is Blake Lovell, a regular on the show, good friend of mine. Blake, tell them how they can find all of your amazing work and follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Southeast14.com is where all the SEC stuff is. You can also uh, check out the Marching to Madness podcast. We've been doing for years now. You can find that. Any podcast that you use, yes, follow me on Twitter at DeepLakeLevel. Thanks, Blake. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Mitch. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch Davis Show.com, and also podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Very special thank you to Blake Lovell of Southeastern14.com for coming on the podcast today to talk all things SEC basketball. Be sure you check me out on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight, Facebook and Instagram at the Mitch Davis Show. And folks, enjoy some excellent college basketball as we finally have an NCAA tournament. There's a lot to get excited about in the world of college basketball. 48 games in four days. Folks, have fun. Have some good food and fellowship and just enjoy the basketball action. And thank you for listening to the Mitch Davis Show.